following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, November 21st, 2019, season 15, episode number 87. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And appreciate you guys joining us today. we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about the Cowboys versus the New England Patriots. That happens this Sunday, 315, here Central Time. And uh, today, Dave is going to dive into the Cowboys offense. Versus the oh, yes uh, yes I am you're right I was versus like, New England defense I think typically you start off with the team that you're not familiar with got it. And you're like the New England yeah, defense yeah, the matchup the matchup <laughs> the New England defense versus the go. Cowboys Mike. offense uh, before we get to that though we are going to talk a little bit about some injuries there were a couple guys uh, or actually yeah there were two guys that did not practice yesterday. Um, they didn't a couple practice guys that today either. Yep. So let's talk about them. Lyle Collins didn't practice. Joe Thomas didn't practice. Joe Thomas was an illness, uh, but Lyle dealing with a knee and a back. And then you had three guys that were limited: Zach Martin, Connor Williams, which that's actually improvement that he's actually back out there some. Um, and then Antoine Woods. Talk to me about the guys first that did not practice, and then the guys that were limited. Well, Lyle, Lyle's still out with his knee. And and probably will be until tomorrow. That's expected. They think he's going to play just like last week, manage until Friday and hope he can get out there. So mm-hmm. all things situation normal with that. Hopefully we'll see him tomorrow. It's a good indicator that he can play. Uh, Joe Thomas, he wasn't there today. So I guess typically, you know, these guys, you know, you can strap them up to an IV and flush them out and get them out there after a day. But maybe he needs a little more time. Maybe he won't be able to go. Um, we'll see. But you're in a pretty good spot when he's your fourth linebacker, so yeah. that's nice. Might um, be flu season. Was he got the flu? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Illness. Neither do I. I Sometimes when that happens, though, you know, you need 48 hours not just for him to be away, but for him not to be around the players. Good so, point. Yeah, that could be part of it too. And you want to take 24 hours after the fever, as us parents know, oh. uh, when they will no longer be uh, contagious. So that is a good point. But the other guys that I mean. If if Lyell doesn't play, Cameron Fleming will be the guy. Of course, Cameron Fleming has started a Super Bowl for the Patriots, so there's a lot of talk about Bennett playing his former team that he was there for for about you know six games. But Fleming was also there. Not to say that yeah, I, he's motivated or more or anything like that. But the I mean, I get you know the Patriots benched him and he got in and you know he didn't appreciate it and Bennett. yeah, I, I guess I get why it's a storyline. But I was thinking about that like you know. He talked yesterday, and he was there was this crush of media trying to get at him, and I was like, it's not like this guy played ten years for the Pats. Like he was there for he was a one year half a season. Gun. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had great things to say about the Patriots. Yeah, like if there's animosity there, he didn't show any of it. Yeah. Which, so I guess my point being is like I, it feels a little bit overblown to me. Like if if he was playing the Seahawks, I get why that would be a big story. And the thing about it is he got. Bench, but it, it was more like he got in trouble with because he got into it with his position coach. Before that, his lack of playing, I thought, was not so much about him as it was 
just how they were playing defense. He wasn't a fit, and that probably was something that was a mistake on their part of bringing him in as a free agent because he just wasn't a fit for what they were trying to do. That, that I think, could probably be taken a lot less personal by a player, that it wasn't me, it was you. Right? You just didn't need my skills in the way that, that I should be used. There's got to be more to it than that, though, because, I mean, Belichick's the master of figuring out what you've got and making it work, and he, he can rush the passer. That's if he wanted to get him in, but if, by the way, they were doing quite well on defense, so the scheme that they were running was yeah. working. It just didn't include him. So, it, you know, it, you can't yeah. you can't say that they, it wasn't working and they weren't figuring out how to get him involved. Well, they didn't need to figure out how to get him involved because it was working. You know, yeah. okay. were you about to say something, Dave? <laughs> not not really. I, I mean, I was thinking you you know you called it a mistake that they traded for him, and I was sitting there thinking, yeah, like in the off season is for compiling the talent that you want to use and developing a game plan, like. It sounds just like Belichick for him to halfway through training camp be like, oh, yeah, like we don't really need that. Like I've figured out something new and right. better, whereas I feel like most coaches would be like, well, we we got him, so we have to use right. him. Whereas he's out. like, nah, I got something better in mind. It's fine. Like, A guy that's as talented as he is, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's like the same thing that we've talked about different players here. If they have an issue off the field or whatever kind of issues around the team – you put up with it if they're performing well on the field and giving you something. So if that was a guy that they didn't feel like they really needed to be producing on the field and then he's giving them issues with the coach and all that, then just get rid of him. Yeah. And it's fine. Yeah, and for them, like there, there was no – I mean, again, they, they could run their defense without him. Yeah, that's what we saw. Is they could run their defense without. What, him. What's funny is that he had two and a half sacks in his time with the Patriots, and so it, in in the amount of games he played. And, you know, D-Law's got four and a half sacks here. And so it's like, if a guy had two and a half sacks for any part of the season, half the year, like for the Cowboys, it's like, oh, that's that's Pretty good. good. Yeah. You know, Malik Collins or something like that. So it's just funny how two and a half sacks is like, we're going to move on from that. The Cowboys. What does he have right now here? He's got three with the Cowboys. Three. Yeah, He's had five and a half for the season. Pretty, pretty good, good. Pretty yeah. good player. He'll probably end the season right up there around 8-9. That's a really good year for especially a guy that's playing interior defensive line as much as he plays interior yeah. defensive line. That's a really good number to be in that 8-9 to nine sack range. Definitely. Um, Connor Williams was running with the first team again today. We don't get to see the real part of practice, so who knows. Um, he said yesterday in the locker room he expects to be 100% today, which is crazy to me. He's nine days out from knee surgery. <laughs> And I get that's a crazy. I get arthroscopic <laughs> surgery is you know it's a very small incision. I don't care. Yeah, Someone was thinking about care. it. It wasn't just a needle. I right? agree. Especially when it, you're talking about guys that big yeah. that you carrying around, walking around with all that weight, and you know the knees supporting all of that weight. That's yeah. just insane. These dudes are hardcore. Man. I trend toward thinking he might be back in the starting lineup. Did, did you Sunday. guys talk about Monday? I wasn't here. Did So if you did, say we already talked about it. Did you guys talk about Xavier and how he played in the game? We hit on it, yeah. And, I mean, like the, the consensus is that, uh, I mean, in general, obviously, the whole line was better against the pass than the run. I think yeah. that goes for Xavier, too. Um, so I, I thought he was fine. I didn't think he was so amazing that I'm – Holding out, saying, you know, if if Connor's good to go, I'd put him back in the lineup. Yeah. He I wasn't. I guess my question would be, was he appreciably better than Connor? Because if he's not better than Connor, then yeah, go back to the the young guy and put him back in there. But did you see anything that suggested he was better? And Nick, I know that was one of the guys that you it were. Didn't seem to you be anything you'd like drastic. to see that kind of move. Yeah, I, I don't think drastic. he's a better player at all. Um, 
but they do for whatever reason they you do. You don't think who's a better player? I don't think Connor's a better player than Xavier Tufilo. I yeah. don't. I don't. I think he's a he is a more of, a, of a, an investment for their team, and and they want him to be better. Um, uh, he might have more of an upside. I think Tufilo kind of might be what he is. You know, journeyman guy, stronger, but he's just not dynamic. Where maybe Connor can get to that point. That's I think how they they see it, and they're seeming like like they're gonna they're gonna sacri- I mean they're going to they're willing to deal with whatever growing pains there might be with him to kind of get him to that level they think he can be at. So I I don't you know with a head coach that is on a one year deal or last year of his deal I would play the best guy. I think it's Suafilo. I'm not at practice. They are. That's who they think. I just I I don't feel strongly about it one way or the other, but I don't think Suafilo was drastically better to the point where I'm like like I said like, whoa, Connor, take your time. Like you're healthy. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Um, real quick, I want to hit a couple other things on the injury front. Uh, just looking down at the Patriots, they have uh, two wide receivers now on the injury report. Uh, you got Philip Dorsett, who is, has a concussion. He did not practice for them. You also got uh, Mohamed Sanu, uh, their wide receiver, who did not practice because of an ankle injury. Twitter is telling me right this moment that they're both at practice today. Okay, so both at practice, probably limited in probably some capacity. Probably limited in some capacity. All right. But trending in the right direction. Yeah. Which, again, that would be big for them if they weren't there. We talked uh, yesterday about the fact that they really don't have that downfield threat. Dorsett could represent that for them because he has the speed to do it. Maybe they haven't used him like that, but he does represent that for them. And obviously, Mohamed Sanu is a big body for them. If those guys didn't play, that would be a, a, a significant, I would think, a significant yes. uh, yeah. problem for them. I'd be worried about the guys that did, though. I just feel like <laughs> they just kind of grabbed some guy that, they've never, like that we've they, never seen they or heard of. They have done it a lot this year, it uh-huh. seems like, but they, they are, I mean, he's, he's just like Aaron Rodgers in that whoever they put in there, they seem to, to function well and move the ball. And so, yeah, you would like it to be their second or third guy as opposed to their starter, but I don't know if it matters that much. <laughs> Probably not. I don't. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into Dave's assessment of this New England Patriots defense. It is a very, very good unit. Dave will tell us why when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, download the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Ready? Okay. Give me an Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to the break. Welcome back to the second segment of the break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Um, Let's get into this New England Patriots defense. Uh, They are a unit that ranks top among the league in a lot of categories. Very, very good unit. Dave, tell us why. That feels like a lot of pressure, and I don't like it. Like <laughs> You don't like pressure at all. Explain, Dave, explain why the best coach of all time has his defense playing well, at the top of the league. Well, but his defense is always at this level. I know. This has been an offensive unit for a long time. It just kind of, to me, just kind of popped out of nowhere to become this good this fast. It's just fun. Like, even watching the Patriots feels intimidating because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, Martin, like you're like, well, it's a 4-3 or a 3-4, and they do this. This guy's good. That guy's good. With the Patriots, you're just like, this is just like an amoeba of players, and they do something different on every – like it just looks and feels different. And I feel like part of that is just the reputation. You know, you're yeah, like, yeah. well, Belichick's like the Jedi master. Like, of course, of, of course it's different when they do it as opposed to everybody else, but it really does feel that way. Yeah. Um, the big thing that jumps out to me right off the bat is just like – Typical Patriots, like they've got basically a bunch of castoffs playing at an absurdly high level. That doesn't mean they're not talented. I saw somebody point that out. Like this defense is littered with first and second round picks, but a lot of them weren't good where they were before. Like case in point, Danny Shelton was a first round pick. For Baylor the, guy, right? No, he was out of Washington, I believe. A Baylor guy named Danny Watkins. Hmm. I, I think. Know. Anyway, I, go ahead. Yeah, firefighter now. Um, yeah. Danny Shelton, first-round pick of the Browns, traded him to New England for pennies. He's starting at nose tackle. He's got 40 tackles, two mm-hmm. sacks. Uh, Kyle Van Noy, maybe the greatest example of this. Top 40 pick for Detroit out of BYU. Bust of all busts. Like, he was trending in a terrible direction. Detroit trades him to New England for pennies. He's got 32 tackles, uh, six sacks, just plays great rush linebacker for them. Jamie Collins was great in New England, mm-hmm. left because he wanted too much money, messed around in Cleveland for a little bit, came back on a bargain deal, 50, ta- again. <laughs> 50 tackles, three picks, uh, five pass breakups, six sacks. Patrick Chung, again, Patrick Chung, great for New England for years, left to get money in Philly, sucked. I don't even think he made it through his contract there. Comes back to New England, starting at safety, 22 tackles. Uh, Jason McCourty came at, he's been all over the place. He comes to New England late in his career. He's playing great opposite Gilmore at cornerback. So they just turn other people's trash into treasure, treasure basically. Uh, they're first against the pass, they're second against, or second overall, um, 11 points per game, first by far. Not as great as you would expect against the run, but again, maybe part of that is just because nobody wants to throw the ball against them. Yeah. Um, you know about the takeaways, 28 on the year. Um, 
eight, uh, 19 interceptions, most of which coming from the DBs, but their linebackers are really good at it. Like Jamie Collins has, I think, three interceptions. Yeah, I just said that, three interceptions this year. They've gotten at least one takeaway in every game this season. Mm. They've gotten multiple game, multiple in seven of the ten, mm. which I went back and looked at this too, just something to consider if you think the Cowboys or want the Cowboys are going to win. The Cowboys have committed at least one turnover in eight of their ten games. Like They haven't been very good with the ball. Uh, I will say a decent number of those are like last-minute Hail Mary picks thrown by Dak, which maybe you don't want to count that, but... 80% of the time, they're committing a turnover. That doesn't seem like a great recipe for success yep. against this defense. That's got to be better. Um, what makes them good, in my opinion, is the back seven really is that talented when it comes to defending the pass. Like, you know, in this day and age, with the way the rules are, it's hard to be good against the pass. But these guys really seem like they are. Like, for my money, I think Stephon Gilmore is probably the best cover corner in football right now really he's certainly up there if Rather he's not than, uh Lattimore Ramsey Lattimore even Patrick Peterson still but like I mean he's right up there I wow. how do you quantify best overall yeah. I don't know but uh I stole this from a Patriots beat writer this morning he's been targeted 51 times this year he's given up 19 receptions for 230 yards no touchdowns um they put him on Ertz They'll, they will put him on the best guy. He played Ertz on third downs in this Eagles game and and handled him well. So that being said, do you expect that the Cowboys entered, I mean that they enter this game and they say let's put our best corner on the best receiver? Because I've heard it two ways. I've heard they do it that way, or they go put him on right. Uh, they go put yeah. him on your second best guy, whoever you think that might be, and then they kind of bracket cover. So um, here's Amari. they'll do, they'll do oh. that on first down, second down. Change it up on third down. A little bit, all of it, everything, and that it'll always be like it's never as easy as like, well, he's going to shadow Amari. But yeah. I do wonder, like, do you put Gilmore on Gallup and just trust that he can handle it, and then double Amari or do whatever you want? The thing is, I was surprised to see. I guess I shouldn't be, but Cordy's pretty damn good in his own right. Like I think, and again, that's I think what makes them so good is in the two and a half games that I watched, uh, they they just single receivers with their uh with their corner like McCordy's on wide receiver two Gilmore's on wide receiver one they move them around in certain situations but they just put those guys on islands and send everybody they that helps clog yeah. the box and yeah. if they bracket anybody they bracket the slot with their safety and their slot corner and they just trust that those two guys more often than not are not going to get beat if they can do that then it's hard it's hard to do anything because now your two guys on the outside are at best 50 50 let's say your safety, I mean, your your slot guys now got two guys he's got to deal with, and you got a situation where they still have a number of guys they can put in the box to stop the run. Like, how do you hey, beat that? Uh, how about this stat? The Cowboys are first in the NFL in third down conversions on offense. They get fifty two percent of the time. That's that's number one in the league is getting it fifty percent of the time. The Patriots are first in third down defense, and they're allowing 19.9% of the third down mm, conversions. That's a hell of a stat. Yeah. Let's figure out how this is going to go. Yeah. I'm just saying that that's one of those big on big, yeah. but it, it's a lot bigger over there with what the Patriots are doing. Less than, I mean, what, 20% of the time? Yeah, basically in every game, one of every five times you get to third down, you're getting off the field. It is, and I kind of mentioned that at the top, too. Is like, Don't get the third down. <laughs> better, better get on second down. Right. Belichick just seems like he's mastered the art of finding like versatile guys. Mm -hmm. So like he's yes. got he's got two corners that can pretty much handle whatever he wants, and then the middle of the field, 
it just looks ridiculous. Like, they never have more than two or three down linemen. Sometimes it's just one. It's Danny Shelton and somebody else. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a rush linebacker. Sometimes it's like a 3-4 end. Then Jamie Collins and Van Noy are your rush guys. They cover pretty well for rush linebackers. Like, they're not... They're not in that Von Miller type of mold, right? They're more traditional linebackers. They'll put Collins on running backs. Van Noy can do it too. And then even, you know, Dante Hightower's their big name in the middle. And he, like, he covers pretty well, but he also, like, he looks thick on tape. Like, he looks big and bulky. He can rush the passer. He clogs up space. And they'll just put seven guys in between the numbers and they're just like well have fun figuring out who's doing what and offenses aren't good at it i don't blame them because i'm sitting there and i'm not an expert but i'm watching i'm just like what's what's going on like this guy's a down lineman this guy's (laughs) dropping this guy looks like he's rushing and then or you know they'll send both the safeties down and have them sprint back into coverage right before the snap it's just a lot of moving parts and i don't know that a lot of defenses can do it because not very, very many defenses have that many guys that can wear that many hats. Yeah, when you think about the the strategy of how the, the kind of players they have, think about it. For the last, I don't know, maybe the last 15 to 20 years, the Patriots have been drafting pretty consistently in the 30s. Maybe in the late 20s, but that's yeah. the earliest that they're drafting. Right. So when you start thinking about the draft and the guys that go early typically are the guys that have really high measurables. They're your greatest athletes. They have all the things that, that they check all the boxes. By the time you get down to where they're drafting, they're taking guys that may not have that level of skill. They got some skill, but not that level of skill. And then they what they're really looking for, though, is people that are smart. People that are versatile. Definitely. Right? So you start getting those guys and you get a good collection of those guys, and it ends up being like this defense where they got some skill, don't get me wrong, but they're not your top skill guys. They're guys that are just smart and versatile. And if you can get smart and versatile guys that have some skill, you can create a really, really can, great unit. Can't you just see like a conversation like this guy, we should look at him. His 40 is this. He benched this at the comp. What's his Wonder League score? Like, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I haven't checked. Like, find that out. Yeah, I bet you that they they do that. I bet they have a high. I would bet they they put a high premium on that. I also don't think it's a coincidence that they love guys from Alabama. Well, I mean, the Saban Belichick connection is so obvious. But again, I mean, Saban's very similar in the way that you know he asks a lot of his players on a mental. That's the emotional yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, it's like the guy that the story I heard from a scout that says you can tell Alabama guys when they walk in the room because they have that look like PTSD, like they've just been beaten up for four years because physically and mentally, mentally and physically, right? Exactly, you've been beaten down because you're kind of battle hardened at that point, right? Most of their good players have been there three years. That's true. I told you I would. <laughs> they don't get to four. <laughs> I told you I would, and I did. I watched the Baltimore game. Bal- Baltimore made them look pretty foolish, though, and I don't mean to suggest that the Cowboys can't. But it it's hard to watch that and really get a good sense for how the Cowboys are going to replicate it because the Ravens were basically running the wishbone. Like, they have a mobile quarterback, and Dak's mobile, but obviously Lamar Jackson's a different animal yeah. entirely. They've got a mobile quarterback. They'll, they were putting two tight ends in the backfield with Mark Ingram or a fullback in Mark Ingram and just read option these guys to death to a comical degree like to the point like tight ends are flexing off the line coming through the backfield give and go ingram you know ingram hits the hole and gets 53 or lamar keeps and gets 16 and like for the first two drives i feel like the ravens weren't even throwing the ball they were just doing that and the pats took a half to adjust to it they eventually did i think 
a big, not I think, like a big part of the reason that game looked as lopsided as it did was turnovers. Marlon Humphrey had a fumble six touchdown that kind of blew it open Mm -hmm. in the second half. But the Patriots had a really hard time adjusting to all that misdirection. Counterplays seem like they work really well, like get a guy going one direction and have him reverse field. Saw the Eagles got that to work a couple of times. So have traditional running teams been successful against them, or was it just did it get blown out by that game, which is not a traditional running game? I didn't watch anything from further ago than three weeks or mm-hmm. whatever the Ravens game was. But, I mean, they're giving up, what, three three and something yards per carry, still less than 100 yards per game. Yeah. So if you're lining up and making it easy on them, I don't know how well that's going to go for yeah. you. Which is what, like, But at the same time, I don't expect the Cowboys to do anything – drastic in the sense of like all of a sudden they're running read option exclusively like that's not who they are that's not who they are um but it sure did work against new england (laughs) which honestly i was watching it last night to the point where i was like belichick i wouldn't i probably wouldn't do it because belichick was probably so pissed off by how poorly they played against that that they worked on it and they know the cowboys have a mobile quarterback right. so so they're prepared if you get, want to try yeah that. they're yeah. like if you want to try it they'll probably play a lot better against it than they did yeah um, again we're talking about smart players right yeah i looked this up um i went through all their games and looked up how many purely offensive scoring drives they've allowed um it's pretty funny they've allowed excuse me not scoring touchdown they have allowed in okay in all their other games, they've only allowed one touchdown drive, like pure offense. So nine plays, 75 yards. Uh, the Eagles' only touchdown of that game was a 16-play, 95-yard drive. So just making them convert down after down, piece at a time. Then the Ravens had four in one game. Uh, mm. They just they cut them to shreds. Um, and, I, I mean, I think a lot of that is kind of unique. Not saying that you can't do it, but... I think misdirection could be a big part of that. Outside of the Ravens, obviously, has there been another offense that they've played this year that has been near the top of the league as an offensive unit? Like the Cowboys, obviously, they're question. number one in offense, I think, right now. Yeah. Is, is there another team even in the top ten that they've beaten? Because I'm trying to get a gauge for, is this defense a really great defense on its own, or is this a really great defense think- because— the, the the people that they've played haven't had great offense. I'm not interested in taking credit away from the Pats, but they have had a, a bit of a perfect storm of playing crap offenses. Okay. I mean, they play so well right off the bat. They played Baltimore, who's two, and Baltimore kicked their ass. Yeah. Um, who else we got? I mean, you know, they they've played two games against the Jets. They played the Giants. Uh, they played the Browns, who were nowhere near as good as their talent has Dolphins. suggests. The Dolphins, thank you. Uh, hang on one second. I'll tell you. Besides the Ravens, who's the next best that they've played? Did they play? They haven't played the Chiefs yet. Have no, they, they have no. not. That's coming up next. For I them. think it's the Bills, guys. Yeah, yeah they, they did play, play the Bills. Yeah. Uh, and again, I don't think the Bills are top ten. I don't think. Nah. I think their defense is I think what they're like really seventeen. Is yeah. They. I mean, the Eagles would be the next best one, and, and they again, are probably mid league. I would think offensively. Uh, where are they at? Where are they at? I don't even see them in here. So, I mean, you're right about that. But part of that is, yeah, they're they, no, they're bottom third. They they're can bottom third. Yeah. They can make you look like you said yesterday. They they can they can take you out of your game and make you look even worse than what you are. So, I mean, they're a reason. The Patriots are the reason why some of those teams are ranked as low as they are because they've had a really bad games against them, and obviously that doesn't help your, you know, 
help help your rating. So yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. I wouldn't give I wouldn't take any credit away for what they're doing. But yeah, they haven't faced the best guys. Right, and that, that's what gives me. I guess if you want to call it hope <laughs> that the Cowboys will go into this and it won't be a situation maybe like what you saw in New Orleans where they just couldn't do anything, couldn't get anything going. I, maybe this defense is good. Maybe it's not great. Maybe it hasn't been challenged yet. I don't know. Uh, but that's kind of what I was trying there's, to get there's to. There's no secret here. The Cowboys, what the Patriots like to do, they're playing a lot of linebackers on the field at, at, at once. A lot. They're smaller than, than most. They fly around the ball. You've got to actually run them over. That's the best way that they that the Cowboys can do this is maul them. And that's not hasn't been their strength. But yeah. they have to do that. Get get you out of third down. It moves the chain. And it, and it forces them to kind of play bigger than maybe the Patriots want to play. Which is why, going back to yesterday... I don't care what Dak Prescott's and the the Ravens did run him over. They ran for 200 yards. Um, I don't care what Dak Prescott is doing. If I were the Pats, I would load up to stop the run. Like that would be my emphasis and say, again, it's wintry conditions outdoors in November. We've got great cornerbacks. If you're going to beat us, we're going to make the quarterback do it. And that's not that Dak can't, but if they give up, I mean, if they give ground to Zeke, I think the Cowboys could just pound on him all yeah. day. Yeah. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, I did have a couple questions for you guys about this team. You just started touching on it, Dave, the weather. The weather's going to be a little different than what maybe what the Cowboys have experienced this season. I wonder how much that's going to affect the game plan and what the Cowboys are able to do on offense. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. OtterBox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And OtterBox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce grass. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation tumblers at OtterBox.com. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this... the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Hey Cowboys Nation, this season when the Cowboys win, you get to experience the sweet taste of victory because if the Cowboys win, the next day Duncan is offering a free medium hot or iced coffee. So don't just celebrate the Cowboys success from the sidelines, head to Duncan and treat yourself to real victory because this season Cowboys fans aren't only winning on game day, they're winning the next day too with a free medium coffee. Cowboys Nation runs on Duncan. Excludes cold brew. Limit one per guest. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. To the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. 
We're going to get to a couple different questions here. Also, we'll take some calls from you guys. 888-855-2297 is the number. Before we jump back in, though, Nick, what do you have for us? You know what? Tomorrow is a big day at the Star. It is the third annual Christmas at the Star, presented by Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Starts November 22nd. Christmas. You just want to keep going? You want to keep I don't even know if I know the rest of the words. I remember that part. But. Taking place at the Star in Frisco, enjoy a family-friendly events throughout the holiday season, including the Christmas Spectacular presented by Albertsons and Tom Thumb every Friday and Saturday night. It's free. Come out to the Star for more information. Go to visit the Star in Frisco. Com. I can't wait to see what you guys are getting me for Christmas this year. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. Yeah, well, I'll be sure to do that. It'll be fun. We'll yeah. get you something good. Really? Yep. Serious? I don't know. I mean, why why ruin it? I mean, okay. it's not. It's. Uh, I can't wait. I remember the time when the director of the department got all of us Christmas gifts. Am I going to do that every year? Do I have to do that every year? Uh, it was nice. Yeah, I, see, I thought about happen? it when I did it. I thought before you got here. Yes, yeah, before you. Right. Oh, then okay. you got here. We're like, no, I'm not. Yeah. Doing so that. it's been five years since you being nice to your employees. Oh, I'm nice to my employees all the time. Just not gift just not giving. Gift nice. giving on Christmas. Yeah, everybody difference. loves gifts. I do too. Okay, every once in a while, I'll be nice to receive. Anyway, let's jump back in. Uh, we'll take some calls. You guys can call us, 888-855-2297. Uh, real quick, though, um, our producer, Kyle, actually told us in the break that, uh, check this out, Baltimore Ravens, number two offense in the league. Obviously, they beat the Pats pretty good. Uh, the next best offense that the Pats have faced this year is the 19th offense in the league. That would be Buffalo. Everybody else was below that. So going back to that original point, and again, I think we can't reiterate this enough. This is not to take anything away from this defense because they have been remarkably spectacular. The point is, though, they have not had, they have not faced the better offenses in the league to this point, other than the Baltimore Ravens. And Baltimore beat them pretty good. So, something to think about. Let's see how how good yeah. this Cowboys offense is. Number one. Let's also see how good this this Patriots defense is. Also, I told you I was going to do this earlier in the week, so I did. I looked up not just their home record, but where those losses came from, which is highly enlightening. Not that it has a doesn't really have bearing on what happens in the future, but in eighteen in eighteen years they've lost twenty one games at home. Period. Um, and I uh, it's crazy. right, yeah, they've gone undefeated at home seven times in since that stadium was opened in two thousand two, and they're working on number eight right now. Uh, of the twenty one teams that have beaten them, twelve wound up making the playoffs. Only three finished the season with a losing record. And one of those three was a BS Week 17 Patriots already have the division locked mm-hmm. up game. So twice in 18 years has a team that was bad enough to finish with a losing record beaten them in Gillette Stadium. Four of those, tw- sorry, four of those 12 playoff teams wound up winning the Super Bowl. Mm. So I'm just saying history suggests you got to be pretty damn good to win this game. So you can think about that negatively if you want to. On the flip side, if the Cowboys manage to pull this off, it, Might say a lot. it says something pretty big if yeah. they manage to win this game. And where it, where it is in the season, I mean, like we talked about, 7-4, and four, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're not going to be a team that has a losing record. I mean, they're not going to go 7 and 4 and then probably finish five straight losses. Right. So they're not going to be 7 and 9. They're not going to be one of those teams and they're probably going to be a playoff team if they can win this game. Yeah. Uh, especially if Seattle goes and beats Philly. 
So if they win, get to the Super Bowl. Can they beat the Patriots twice? And here we, are <laughs> here we again. go again. Full Can circle. it happen twice? <laughs> as long as you want to do that, the Patriots have a big track record of not playing well in Miami. So hey, here we right. go. Just here saying. Here we go. Here we go. Just saying. Here we go. Wow, I hate myself. <laughs> no, but you know, like when I start listening to all those stats, I mean, yes, that sounds good for the Cowboys. At least you're trying to find something positive and to f- kind of hold on to for this weekend. But at the same time, it's like. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's irrelevant to me. Like, it, I mean, it is. It's irrelevant to this matchup. But one, I mean, you stack it up yeah. over enough years. Yeah. But it's like the the. I mean, the Cowboys, their issues, they're doing it like themselves. It's not who they're facing necessarily. It's like if they can clean up their crap and tie it up and you know tackle better, get some takeaways, ha- keep. Doing well in the passing game, that's going to be big. I mean, are they now becoming a passing team or are they still a running team? That's still a question mark there, how they're going to be using Zeke. We're going to find out what Bill Belichick thinks about that. And he's the best guy to ask, are the Cowboys a passing team or a running team? Because he goes out and stacks the box and says, Zeke's not going to beat us. That that tells you exactly what... The they number think. one coach yeah. thinks yeah. about what this team is. I, I, I'm anxious to see just from that standpoint. Yeah, and and the fact of the matter is, he's probably going to show you a little bit of everything. Yeah. So maybe hard to really decipher what he thinks. But you, if you look at side inside the game and really look at when he does what, if he's stacking the box on specific downs, that tells you something he sees. If he's not stacking about on, if he's playing more coverage on specific downs, that tells you a little bit about what he's seeing. Like there's so many. Yeah. I, I'm just interested to see how he looks at this team and how he attacks this team because, to me, that does tell you a lot about what he thinks he's, of the team. He's going to play 4-3. He's going to play 3-4. He's going to blitz. He's going to not blitz. He's going to travel with Amari, and he's not going to travel well, with Amari, see, and that's the first series. I don't know about the, that's, the, the rest of the series. That's the thing. He can adjust so fast and adjust every, after every play, but the Cowboys, they're not known to really adjust, and I don't think they have the quickness to even – respond to something like that like what this coach does you know even with the halftime they go in the locker room and then come back is that still gonna be enough them playing better in the second half i don't know it's gonna be interesting oh this is gonna be a game where fast starts matter because you get down to this team on the road good luck i mean like that's just not that just doesn't they don't lose those kind of games so fast starts are important and not to be honest with not to give away my pick this week but I honestly think it's all going to be about turnovers. Cowboys turn over the the ball, they're going to lose. The Cowboys can manage to play a clean game where they can keep protect the ball. They got a shot to win. I think it's going to be all about turnovers because you look at it like you were saying earlier. Most of the games this year, they get the ball, and a lot of times they're getting the ball. It's scoring, so you just you have to minimize the mistakes with this team because they will take advantage of them. Cowboys also haven't, like I said, they haven't played very many clean games, right? And that you know, I was thinking about that while you were talking, and I agree with you, but you know. If they can clean it up, they haven't. They consistently they have not been able to do yeah. that. One right. one week it's so and so fumbled. The other week it's this pass got tipped or Dak made a bad read. But over ten weeks, they haven't shown that ability to consistently play cleanly, and that's what worries me. So how much do you guys think weather will be a factor in this game? Because what we've seen so far in these last at least last week for sure, we've seen that this team will, will chunk the ball around the yard when they need to. If the the Patriots the Patriots come out in this Patriots. game, Patriots Patriots come out in this game and decide they are going to stack the box and they're going to try to stop Zeke first and foremost, but the weather is rainy and wet, what do you think happens? 
It is going to be that is taking away what Dak will want to do and throw the ball around like that. I mean, we also got to remember it'll take away somewhat what what New England likes to do, even though he's certainly been a guy that can throw the ball in that in that weather. He's and by the be way, better at it than than Dak. Their offense, as we talked about yesterday, they're doing these little short passes, so that doesn't get affected as much as you know some of the downfield throws that that the Cowboys really have lived on. They've yeah. had some big plays this year with all three of their receivers. You start messing with that, how effective is their offense in being able to just dink and dunk down the field? And I'm sure they're practicing. I, I don't, well, are they? Is there practice field outdoors? The Pats, yes. Yeah. yeah. So they are oh, practicing for in weather. this kind of weather. They have so much experience in it. And the Cowboys, I mean, we get what we get here in Dallas, and then we have the indoor field. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting because I definitely think that's going to affect the passing game they can for always, sure. They can always take it outside tomorrow because i think we're going to be raining starting this evening into tomorrow so maybe you can take them outside and get a little practice in the rain who knows that's always been a tough situation there when you when you're dealing do you want to practice where what you're going to play in or do you want to have a good crisp practice there's two sides to it i I think i kind of lean towards you know getting used to what you're going to be in but you know then you could have a bad practice where you're not focused right but but then you know what to correct like if you know this is happening in these kind of conditions. Maybe I do a little something. Maybe I use different gloves. Maybe here's, I, you know, whatever it is. Here's the thing about the little weather apps that we all have. Yeah, they, you know, they when, they you, when you go through. The truth. No, but but the thing is, they do tell the truth most of the time. It's just that, <laughs> no, it's just that when you look at your little go to Sunday and then you have a you have showers. Okay, yeah. well from ten to eleven thirty, it's gonna pour. So, yeah, why, you have to put it on there because it's going to rain. That doesn't mean it's going to be 24 hours a day of rain. Well, well even if you actually, break it down by hours, it'll tell you uh, it's going to rain closer, and it'll say it's 30%. Are we, there? Are we at that point? It said, yeah, I mean, and of course it can be wrong. Um, it says 4 o'clock Sunday, 70% chance of rain, 45 degrees. That sounds like rain's going to happen. Okay. At the very least, I, <laughs> Derek the I, will be in, I will be in a press box. Can't tell you if it's going to rain, but I can tell you the weather won't be ideal for throwing the ball around. You know, we do work with someone that is very good at weather and keeping up with all of that. Mr. Spagnola? Fred. Oh, Fred. Oh, Fred. Oh, my God. Fred is the weather god. I just, I took, an inadvertent shot. I took an inadvertent shot at Mickey because he likes to talk at the, about the weather, but Fred literally has like. Fred is the guy that works. He's one of our graphic designers. Yeah, Fred but. is like, you guys, if you're going to go home, go now because it's going to start raining in eight minutes. I'm like, what? Okay. Uh, Jim Cantori? Cool. Uh, anyway. But you know, the other thing to consider here, and you see this all the time in the NFL. We all talk about weather and how that affects, but honestly, if you watch games in rain, these quarterbacks and these receivers are very, very skilled. I, I have not seen, unless there's a lot of wind, I've not seen a lot of games where just rain has affected teams to the point where they can't throw the ball. Typically, they'll still be throwing the ball around. They'll still make plays uh, through the passing game. But it, it affects just, your vision. It does. It can. I'm just saying, though, I've not seen a lot of games where throughout the entire game, unless there's big wind, mm-hmm. where that's been a factor. I do. The probably the only game I can remember is that game we were in Miami. Now, of course, I thought a funnel cloud was coming down because it was this huge black <laughs> cloud that kind of came over the stadium. But that was only for a period. That was maybe for a couple drives where the rain was so hard that it really was affecting things. But then it was kind of this lighter rain, and, and that's how rain typically goes. It typically doesn't just storm and pour down for three hours. I still, weather, regardless of weather, I think the Patriots have the personnel to make it a challenge on Dak. He's still a young quarterback yeah. going against the greatest coach ever. If I were the Patriots, 
I would take I would try my best to take the runaway. And again, like it's not that Dak isn't good, but I still think that gives you the best success to get turnovers and stop the Cowboys. Their defense will be a much bigger factor than the weather, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, New England has <laughs> Expert had, analysis on you know? the Cowboys. Right. Well, New England has played. Think about it. They they play, the, you know, the road to the Super Bowl has gone through New England a lot of times. And, yeah. and it's not just the rain. It's it's snow and the cold and the wind. And, you know, and, and if the, you know, Especially if the balls aren't, you know, at 100, percent you know, with with air. I mean, it's hard to to win some of those wow. games like that. Shot. I'm saying, I mean, that that's part of it, right? That's happened. Next, you're gonna say something about videotapes. But anyway, no, no, no. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're gonna get you guys all wrapped up and ready for this game versus the New England Patriots. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagles, and this has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about-